back on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, October 28th, 2018, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz. I'm here in studio with Jordan. This is an open conversation, and we welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952 946 6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, tweet us at, at Atheist Talk, or check out the Facebook page, Atheist Talk. The phone number is only available when we are live, but you can always email or tweet whether we're live or you're listening to the podcast. Satanism, rituals, and human sacrifice. According to some, this is the norm for All Hallows' Eve. Today, Jordan and I are going to go over a video from the Prophecy Club, or at least half a video from the Prophecy Club, talking about how evil the history of this holiday is. The video is old enough that it does have a website on it, but the ideas definitely seem to be from the mid-80s. I'm just not sure if that's the 1880s or the 1980s. Jordan, good morning. Welcome to Atheist Talk. <laughs> good morning. So... I asked you to watch this video. You did. <laughs> I was actually I was kind of hoping to get a, a Wiccan on to actually talk about what happens in the Wiccan tradition for yes. this holiday. Um, unfortunately, I was a little late, partially because I had a cold. Okay. <laughs> That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Um, yeah, so th this video. This <laughs> video. <laughs> Oh, that was it was entertaining. I, I liked watching. I watched it a couple times just to make sure I got everything that he was trying to get across to us. That is that is one thing I've seen because I've watched a few of these videos now. That yeah. what they do is they just keep throwing. They'll throw thing after thing after thing, and the idea is to overload it so you can't make arguments against each of them. So you basically have to do kind of what we're doing, which is a breakdown yeah. of as many arguments as we can fit in the forty-five minutes to an hour that we have. <laughs> Um, so we are going to be talking a lot about druids, uh, and one of interesting notes that I have here is that the main source of written information about druids were actually the Romans who were trying to take over the land. So I am taking a lot of these reports with a large grain of salt. Very large. Yeah, it's a very large grain. Yeah, because I feel they're probably exaggerating to pad their resume. Just a little bit. Just a little. You know, if the, if the Romans couldn't have their way, then well, they... No way at all. Well, and we've seen this before in history where it's like, oh, these savages. And then we actually yeah. look at the history and it's like, no, no, I'm sorry, colonizers. <laughs> yep. You were the savages. <laughs> well, and that's how that, that's how part of the video starts. I'll talk about the, the Celtic people. You know, I can't remember what he said exactly, but they were like fiercely aggressive people. It's like, uh, no, they, they, they weren't. Well, and my favorite part is fiercely aggressive people, according to the Romans who were trying to take over their land. Let's think about this for a minute. <laughs> Um, but the video itself starts by watching a bunch of kids and parents running around trick-or-treating. And the verbiage they use, it almost actually made me think, I was like, oh, wait, is this the wrong video and that they're going to be okay? And it's like, no, no, they're not going to be okay no. with Halloween. No. No, no. It's like, oh, is it so innocent? You might be surprised. <laughs> and who was the group that made this video? The Prophecy Club. And what are they, what branch of Christianity as far as I know, it's, it's it's like evangelical. Yeah. You can actually find them on YouTube. I, I, I thought Halloween was uh, like a recognized Catholic uh, holiday. Well, that's All Hallows' Eve, which is yes. what they tried to turn. They, that's okay. what they originally turned it into. 
yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, let's it's, see what we can. We can actually get corruption. We can, yeah. yeah, that's actually so we can get into that a little later on once the it shows like Christians actually what they tried to do to um because they they it's like yeah we can get into that later they wanted to make it their own thing yes so. well and the first thing we have to mention because this is the first thing the lecturer mentions um which we don't have a name for he's for him so he's just going to be the lecturer um he cl- he starts by talking about how the word is sawin yeah it's, which it's s a m h a i n but it's pronounced sawin yeah because that's so. the Gaelic pronunciation. Yes, it is. Yes. Yep. Oh, and by the way, that third voice you hear is Eric, our awesome producer, who, since there's only two of us in studio, I'm like, hey, pop in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll be, like, saying dumb things over the course of the show. Oh, yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but yes, so what I love is that his first thing is, is he claims that Sawin is the Lord of Death. And I'm like, great, we can start ticking the nope box. Yeah. Because I could not find anything about Sawin being a Lord right. of Death. At well, all. Yeah. And, and basically what it was, it was a celebration um, because um, everybody, it was it was the end of harvest. It was the transition from summer into winter. And they were basically thanking, um, thanking the earth for a, for a bountiful harvest. And then that's kind of where, you know, the whole um, Halloween, I guess, ideology comes in um, as far as... Um, they they'd recognize that they're uh, like lost souls or dead souls. They would come back. And it's like they would. That's what the whole trick or treat thing. They would leave little oh, yeah. little treats out for them. Well, and and what's interesting is it's also their new year. Which yes. if you think about it, yeah. if you don't have like a specific calendar where you're like, okay, this happens here. It makes a lot of sense that their new year starts at the end of the harvest, right? Um, because yeah. basically you do get your harvest, and then that's it. You're done. Yeah. If you think about it, they had a really long vacation during winter. Yes. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything dies, and then in the spring, spring, things are reborn. And then if you think about it, you have the summer solstice usually. Yes. And that's also when you would kind of have a happy, hey, everything's coming back. We survived. Yep. Yes. But yeah, we do actually have to move on because we're going to move into Stonehenge. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, what I love is that during this, he litters it with pictures of basically modern Wiccans. And I actually wonder if some of those were like from movies or something. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yes, but doing, you know, basically ritualist type stuff. And- they got any uh, Halloween 2, Season of the Witch? <laughs> uh, That's that a great Stonehenge movie. Wait, does that was- that ha- does that, is that the one with Nicolas Cage? No. Okay. <laughs> it's the only movie in the Halloween series that-, that didn't follow Michael Myers. I think that's the oh. third one. It's the second one. Is it? I thought it was the third one. Okay. Oh, you might be right. It might I think be it's the, the third th- one. Yeah, because it's, it's the third one where they bring in Jamie. I don't know. I'll, okay. I'll double check. Okay. okay. You you fact check right, this. Okay. We, we, yeah, we can get in the whole Halloween franchise. We can do that a whole other show. Or, wait, or maybe some Patreon. Fr- maybe some Patreon. All right, excellent. All right. Because All right. um, I actually have not seen any of the Halloween movies. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Right. Um, but yes, we'll move on to Stonehenge. Um which, of course, everybody – I mean, everyone should have an idea of what Stonehenge It's the big rocks in the middle of, you know, what is it, now yeah. nowhere. They have found out that – It's at, southern England. Where yeah. Or it is. Yeah. And they found out that, you know, there are – there's reasons that it's where yes. it is and such. Um, and he talks about how there's 4,000 human skeletal remains that are definitely human sacrifice. Yes, that, that is the only logical explanation that he can give. It's like – he massive human sacrifice there 
Yeah. So, or over time, but still. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, it's one of those, because then he talks about all the different, because there's multiple types of stuff. Whoa, grab baskets. <clears throat> I almost spilled my drink. Um, but you, there are different, I guess, types of Stonehenges, or there's different Stonehenges all over England and, and yeah. parts of Europe and such. And he's like, well, obviously, each of them should have their own human sacrifice. I'm like, okay, we're starting to get into ridiculous numbers here. Like, how many people were alive during this time? And yeah. how many people are you willing to sacrifice before you start going, hey, wait a minute, how are we going to propagate? Yes. <laughs> um, I did actually look this up, though. The Smithsonian... Um, actually only mentions one body that they found interesting and may have been used for human sacrifice. It was a body we shot with several flint-tipped arrows from multiple yes. angles. And that, that that's that's all they had. And I was like, so flint-tipped also means that this was really old skeleton. This yes. was not potentially before even the Celts. Um, though, I mean, honestly, I'm not an expert, so... Yeah, you can cite me on that if I'm wrong. Um, a more recent article by CNN and actually was echoed by numerous web web source or web news sources, like Washington Post and such, noted that there was actually there's a lot of there were bodies there, a lot of them from about 3000 BC, specifically because Stonehenge was used as a burial site, <laughs> which I'm like. Okay, just because somebody is buried in a spot doesn't mean that's human sacrifice. Because it's, yeah. I mean, you could look at our cemeteries and go, ah, human sacrifice. Yes, we just put, we just decided to properly uh, recognize them with their tombstone. Well, you, I mean, are the with the tombstones they line up to stuff, Jordan? Oh, all of the oh, tombstones. Yeah, that's, okay, that's right. Yep, you're yeah. right. <laughs> that obviously means something. Obviously. <laughs> I know that there are some people who it's like they they all had to be like they have to be buried with their head facing some which yes yeah I've heard something. that too I I don't know what that's about uh, something about when Jebus comes back anyways <laughs> but yeah so it was or Jesus would depends yeah know. depends on how you want to anyways but again it's a cemetery so I mean this is and this article came out last August so yeah well, very it, easily it, to get. well it, there's just so much mystery around Stonehenge anyway it's like well maybe we'll try to spice it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, yes. But, I mean, you have to take a look at, and again, you have to take a look at so many angles on this. How many people were alive? Human sacrifices? Yeah. It just doesn't seem to... Did they bring peop other people in from other regions just yeah. to sacrifice them in that one spot? Well, yeah. and the, They could have, but I don't know. And admit it, supposedly, according to Julius Caesar, which I'll mention again later, you know, supposedly they would sacrifice criminals first. Yeah. To which I was like, okay, so I mean, not great, but still a little better than just, you know, average Joe. Just a random person. Yep. Um, but then they would do slaves and thralls if they couldn't sure. find enough criminals. And again, it's kind of that, okay, but how many slaves are you willing to give up before you're like, wait a I minute. Mean, the Mayans killed millions, I think. Yeah. Again, there is a, there is a course of time piece over that too. So, because I mean, eh, how many... But yes, I'm just asking this conspiracy questions right now on this. However, we are coming up on the break and we'll return to Atheist Talk with Jordan talking about our most satanic holiday of Halloween. I'm Hertzy Hertz and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome. 
Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned in to Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz, here with Jordan talking about the evil histories of Halloween. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina, Minnesota. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you'd like to advertise on this program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. As for the here and now, if you'd like to get involved with the conversation with Jordan and I this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, Atheist.org, tweet us at, at Atheist Talk, or you can use the hashtag that I just set up, which is hashtag Satanic Halloween. Ooh. I know. Excellent. Gotta get creative here. Um, or you can check out our Facebook page where I've also started a thread. So, Jordan, let us talk more about this evil holiday. We've covered Stonehenge. Yes. And now we have to cover the people at Stonehenge. Okay. Because there was a, a very specific group of people. Yes. Yes. The Druids, mm-hmm. who I have to, oh man, there's there's this interesting difference with, with the idea of Druids between what I know the Wiccan and Pagan communities have their idea, the D&D communities actually do have, <laughs> like the role-playing games, we have this idea, and then, which actually I honestly kind of aligns with the, the Pagan and Wiccan communities, and then you have this idea. And this idea is very interesting. So the Druids would come to Stonehenge, which is also interesting because when I read about this, everybody came to these places. It was a huge festival. Yeah, it was. It was a party. Yeah. There were these huge bonfires. I'm like, why the... Because he'll he'll talk in a moment about the Druids going around to different places. I'm like... Yes. They didn't have to. The people were coming to them. Right. Oh, yeah. This, 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 by the way, this is the same... We're talk, still talking about the same guy in the same video that's oh, going yeah. on this weird rant. Yeah, I probably should have said something about that. <laughs> it, it's it's great though. It's so, it's so good. It's so bad. So, yeah, he's um, yeah. It's like they would round up all these people and you know bring them there. It's like no, no, no. Every everybody showed up. It was a party. Yeah. Um, Again, to celebrate the harvest. Yes. So the druids would then, when they came together in these these places, would make a huge cauldron of apple cider. Yes. Which I was like, what? And he, the way he talks about this is really misleading because he's making you think it's like this super evil thing. And I'm like, it's, it's apples <laughs> boiling in, in water. I'm trying to figure out the evil part here. Um, and then he'll t- he talks about how the Druids are going out to these noble houses, not with the apple cider. And the, oh, my favorite part on this is he's talking about the nobles like lords and dukes and marquees. And I'm like... Uh, you are like at least a couple centuries ahead of yourself here. I don't know if the Celts had marquees. I don't think so. I know they had chieftains, and I think they might have had like kings, but I don't think they had much more. Kings, than that. yes, yeah, they did. Um, but yes, the they would walk around. The Druids would go to all of these noble houses with the with a dead body and they would basically go around demanding a human sacrifice right using the phrase trick or treat yes that yeah it's the, apparently that's the whole origin of trick or treat exactly so, which as i mentioned before is it's very it's simple celtic um celebration you know the dead souls they 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 want to appease these dead souls that uh, that come back and it, it's like here have have, oh, yeah. some, have some fruit or whatever. 
Well, and some of the some of the houses would actually be like, oh yeah, by the way, grandma's coming in. Grandma's been yeah. dead for thirty years, but grandma's coming to visit, and they yep. would, you know, actually talk to them as if they were there, which is fascinating. Yes. Um, yes. Let's see here, but where am I in my notes? Yes, and this is the only places that seem to be giving this idea that trick or treat is is such an evil thing is actually other Christian sites like this. Yeah, like if you go anywhere outside of that, it's completely different. Yeah, the History Channel notes that it was a time of festivals, yep. bonfires, um, no need to go out. And then our lecturer continues stating that the nobles would give them a human sacrifice. Or if the nobles gave them a human sacrifice, the druids would give them a gift of a hollowed out pumpkin. But it's pretty so common knowledge, because it's pretty common knowledge that the first lanterns made out of food items in conjunction with Halloween were actually turnips. So it's one of those I'm like, ah, <laughs> raising my hand going, except I feel, I, almost, yep. I wish I could time travel to this yeah. to this event and start asking questions because <laughs> pumpkins weren't used until much later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If the nobles did not cooperate, they would peck, the druids would paint a hexagram, which is a six pointed star yes. on the door. Yep. And he notes how this is the most evil syndrome symbol of all and is used to summon Satan. Yes. And I'm also going, oh my gosh, do you realize how anti-Semitic you sound? <laughs> It's like, wait, they used the Star of David? Well, and admit, yeah, there is a cult references to this star. I mean, but at the same time, I'm like, this is definitely after World War II. Wait. You think he would stop for and take five minutes ago? No. Wait a minute. <laughs> but something, something seems a little bit off here. Maybe I should not do this. But no. Nope. No. Nope. No. Admittedly, he actually never mentions the Jews in this. So, I mean... That I mean, he does, go, he does mention the Illuminati later in passing. Oh, does he really? Oh, okay. Yeah, he does. Which which made me laugh. I was like, it wasn't enough to actually go into anything about the Illuminati, but he does mention it. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he maybe he's not too concerned with uh, representing the Jews well. This guy is taking a screed against the uh, Halloween. I don't. I don't remember anything about that. Yeah, I don't think no. he went on a limb like that. No. Nope. But I could see him doing it. I'm just saying he wasn't concerned about it. Yeah. Well, anyways, four to five hours later, after the Druids had done their, their walk around, oh, which, yeah. which I'll admit, that's pretty fast if you think about how rural some of these areas were. Yeah, if you can get around in five hours on foot, that's impressive. I know. Plus, they're dragging around a dead body. Yes. And they have a whole bunch of people oh, who say, are supposed to really yes. human sacrifice. Yes. <laughs> How wow. do you track of all these people? It's like, okay, you do they do buddy system? <laughs> all right, all right, everybody raise your hand. One, two, three, four. <laughs> all right. Um Oh, and they have the carved pumpkins. <laughs> so yes. yep. And then how many pumpkins do you think they would have to prep for this? A, a lot. I mean, quite a, I mean, I'm not sure how many nobles there were back in the day, but... So let's try to break this down a little bit. It's like yeah. they got to bring all these pumpkins and people. They just carry them around. They have a wagon. Well, if they have a wagon, that's going to definitely take some time, I time have, off. Yeah, it's like I have a minivan, and I think we would need two minivans <laughs> at least. 
All right. Well, anyway. I, yeah. So anyways, the, the apple cider was still boiling. So, of course, you have to have enough druids for all of this stuff, yes. plus enough to keep the fire stoked for the apple cider to keep boiling. Yep. And as a person who loves to cook, I have to question how much liquid was in here at this point. Because if you're boiling something for four to five hours, you need to cover it. Yes. And he never mentions covering it. Yeah. Which he could have. But yeah, I, I don't know. He, but that was that's supposedly where the whole um, the whole apple bobbing. Yes. Now, in this video, the guy talks about um, for the human sacrifices, um, if they are able to um, pick an apple out of the cider or water, whichever one it was. The boiling boil, cider. Yes. With their teeth, um, they'll be spared. But if not, sorry, you're going to die. You are a sacrifice. And that is supposedly how apple bobbing came up. Yes. We're, we'll get more into that after this. Oh, Yes. So please stay with us and to figure out exactly where apple bobbing really came from, according to the historians, after the break. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm your host, Hertzie Hertz, and we are having what I would classify as a hilarious conversation with Jordan. If you'd like to get involved in this conversation, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or tweet us at at Atheist Talk using the hashtag Satanic Halloween. Or you can check out our Facebook where we have a thread going as well. Before we continue with this conversation, there's a bit of housekeeping I need to attend to. I want to note our group of dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast form. I also want to note our donors of the week, which actually we don't have a donor of the week, but I do know there was a patron who kicked his Patreon up to $6.66, which is awesome for every reason. So thank you very much for helping make the show go. If you're able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our radio fund page or at our Patreon, where you can get extended interviews at www.patreon.com slash atheist talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 deductible organization, and we couldn't do the show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Minnesota Atheist is by composer and member Brent Michael Davis and is used with permission. Please note, all opinions are of the guests and hosts only and do not necessarily reflect those of the Minnesota Atheist Organization. Now let's get back to our conversation. Is conversation the right word? I don't know if conversation is the right word, but let's get back to whatever discussion. this discussion <laughs> about this. So when we left, we were talking about, oh, actually, before we get too far, we had a tweet from actually Atheist Talk Twitter. Oh. Yes. Um, so who that stated that pumpkins are native to North America. So that would be why the Druids could not have pumpkins. And I have to agree with this note, wondering how the supposed Druids were carving them. Did they magic them over with their satanic powers? Because that's a yeah. waste of satanic powers. Yes. <laughs> we could use our satanic powers to do anything in the world. We're going to get some pumpkins from across the pond. <laughs> That's 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 the only logical thing we can do right now. Okay, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to do that, then you might as well make pumpkin pie. Yes, and they might, yeah, yeah, that yes, they should do that right away. I know because pumpkin pie is delicious. It um, is, and if you don't like pumpkin pie, I'm sorry, because <laughs> now I get more pumpkin pie. <laughs> All right, so 
when we yeah when we were leaving, we were talking about this boiling cider water with apples and people yep. needing to basically <laughs> basically you're you're apple bobbing for your life. Yes, literally, quite literally. And if you you know if you get it, that's great. But then you've also you know kind yeah. of scarred yourself a bit. But that really wasn't the actual start no. of apple bobbing, was it? No, at least it, not according to our research. Yeah, well it it um. It said that the Romans, uh, that was actually a Roman festival that was held on November 1st to um, in celebration of the goddess Pomona, um, who is the goddess of fruits and gardens, etc. So that that was just something they did. And wasn't it the, I think it was the Romans actually who brought the apple tree to England. Or that to I'm Britain. not sure of, but. I think I read that. Somebody can correct me on that if they want. Um, <coughs> but yes, the. Because apples have a, a long history of being a fertility fruit yes. and such. So a lot of the, yep. the stuff was, a lot of the lore and legend was things like, you know, they might hang them on a string and then the girls yeah. would, like, each of the apples was for a different guy and then the girls would be trying to get the one that, of the guy they want. Okay. Well, I, I, I read something, too, about that. Um, it, it goes beyond just, like, apple bobbing. It's like you peel it and then you got to... Yeah. Wrap it around your head or something, or throw it over your shoulder. Yeah, you have to throw it over your and shoulder, and then it will land um, on the ground in the initials of you know the person you're supposed to be with, or at least like an initial. Yes. Yeah, I mean, th- there's all sorts of stuff that goes with apples, but all of it again has to go goes back to fertility. <laughs> yes. So, I, so yeah, this whole thing about I couldn't find any credible sources linking anything about the boiling water or. Yeah, sacrif- really. This whole sacrifice. boiling water thing that goes back to the the prophecy club video that this guy is talking about, and their so. ilk, and their ilk. Yeah. Well, now we have to move on to something that everyone will at least recognize the word for, which is the wicker man. Yes, we need to get into that. Yes. So, I mean, most of people know the wicker man from the 1973 movie and the 2006 movie with Nicolas Cage. Uh, <laughs> I see you rolling your eyes like at him. I Nicholas Cage and I ha- have a love hate relationship. <laughs> he loves to act, and I hate him doing it. <laughs> Except for like maybe one or two movies, but sure. after that, uh, no. Um, but the biggest evidence of this whole the, okay, so let's start with the idea of what the Wicker Man is. Yes. Do you want to take that? Sure. Um, basically, this is what I believe is what the Druids used for their. Human sacrifice. Um, so in this video, um, this gentleman, if I want to call him that, um, he is talking about um, building a wicker man for human sacrifice. That they, he said it was approximately twenty-five to thirty feet tall, you know, about two to three stories, with um, with different cages inside, and um, that's what that's what they would use to do their human sacrificing. Um, but after a little bit of discussion, discussion and a little bit of research, we thought, well, not sure if this will really work out, you know, how it's explained to him. So, um, Hertz, you had a little bit of interesting commentary about Wicker itself. Well, yeah, because, of course, I mean, I'm looking and I'm like, okay, did they actually do this whole Wicker? And again, this is, this is a big one where really the only biggest evidence we have of this even existing is a note from Julius Caesar in his commentary on Gaelic war. And that's it. There's like, I don't know, maybe a couple of sentences there and maybe a few in a couple other spots. And I'm like that to me, it's not necessarily credible if we're only getting one side. Yeah. Now, granted 
the Celts really don't have a written history, so a lot of their right. stuff is lost. So, you know, there's nothing to refute this either. But one person actually, one person was talking about the reason they thought that the whole idea of the wicker man specifically being used for human and animal sacrifice seemed kind of bunk is wicker, especially when you start burning wicker, it gets really, really um, brittle. Yeah. And it's easy to kind of kick out. Now, I get it. They probably were tied up and such, but yes. at the same time. But, yeah. And then also, if you yeah. look at wicker, it's like you put two people in a wicker chair and you're already starting to think, is this going to yeah. break? And I, and I know I said it before, too. It's like, well, if they're burning this thing from the um, from the the ground up, which, you know, probably have to, you know, that thing is going to collapse almost immediately. Yeah. So it's like, so what, so then what do they do? They just burn them alive? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I could see maybe one or two people, but they were, he was talking about this thing was chock full to the point where they had extra cages outside. Yes. Yeah. In case they couldn't fit everybody in. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I I just don't know about that one. Do you have anything? Do you have do you have more about the wicker too? Right. Um. Do you have the one that they tried to build? Oh yes. Um. There's a guy that um, he um, it was an article I read. He um, he did some work over in England, and they try actually tried to build a wicker man. Um. But that the most successful one they did was like it was only like 14 or 15 feet tall. Now maybe they did it differently. I don't know. I don't know how they're building these things, but it's like it. it Doubling that height, it just doesn't seem like it'd be. Po- well, I mean, I'm sure it's possible that, but then to put people in there, yeah, because they're building a lot of people in there. Because they're building, because when they're doing that 14 foot tall one, they're doing it with the idea that they're not putting people yes. in there. So you could usually go to p- yes. potentially go taller since you don't have to worry about people right. falling. Yeah, but. I don't know. We could we could be totally mistaken on this whole thing, but yeah. Honestly, I have a pretty contrary opinion of this. Oh, what's your come on? Well, I mean, I just have dealt with wicker before, and it's <laughs> very strong and lightweight. So yeah, you can bend it, you can crack it, but you can't necessarily push through it. Oh. It's not going to separate into pieces. Okay. I, think, uh, I don't see why they couldn't have done it. I don't really have the specs in front of me or know right how the, was it thick wicker? Was it skinny wicker? Uh, don't know. So, so with your knowledge of of wicker, though, do you mm-hmm. know about the the when it burns, does it become really brittle, or it has to be pretty? I think that if you were inside a structure of it, you'd be long since passed out from smoke inhalation. Uh, that's true. That's, yeah. Also means that people didn't burn as much. So I mean, that's a yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. So, anyways, well, yeah, that's that. So yeah, maybe contrary got, opinions. Have, yes. So. At least it's based on the idea of what wicker is, as opposed yes. to. All right. So I'm not, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about wicker, so no. So Eric, so I, you're I, our I, expert. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. Sorry, I did not. I did not fully research um, the tensile strength of wicker before I came into the show today. <laughs> That's okay. Neither did I. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on to costumes because this was a big one, um, and how the Celts. So the Celts would wear the scary costumes to hide from the malevolent spirits, and it's like actually. Yes, that is that is something that I've seen multiple times on mul- yep. multiple historical sites and such. Um, and of course, according to this guy, you know, this is all evil and they had all these occult stuff on and stuff, which also makes me laugh because if you look at the Dark Ages, people had all sorts of weird talismans going around. <laughs> so 
Uh, but yeah, according to the, the wiki that I found on this, and yes, a lot of this is wiki. We, we can only go so far with our research on this. Yep. Um, especially since we're trying to be more humorous this week. <laughs> um, but people would dress up and they'd go to different houses. And actually it would be like singing or reciting verses for food. I'm like... Well, that that reminds me of some kind of thing that we do nowadays where we go to different people's houses and we sing and we get stuff. Oh, yeah. Caroling. They basically were doing Halloween caroling. Yeah. Which makes me sad that we we don't have those songs anymore because that would be kind of fun. I would do it. Let's bring it back. Oh, yeah. We'll start singing the, the theme or the different songs from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. <laughs> It'll work. We're, we're gonna do. We're gonna sponsor a Minnesota atheist thing every Halloween. We're just gonna. We're just gonna go around singing at people's houses. So. Oh my god! Don't 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 say that because now I might have to do it, and I'm tired. I've been fighting a cold the last two weeks, and long with trying to play with a new kitten. This is not easy. But actually, I, I hate to say it, but this is actually where the video ends. We have a whole other segment that we have to do. Yes. Maddie's yep. going to be proud of me because I stayed within the time limit. <laughs> Videos for Hertzy Talks goes way longer. <laughs> but um, but there was the one other thing that we need to talk about is how oh. it became, like I guess how it became more of a what they call satanic holiday, because it, it, of all the stuff we've talked about, nothing really nothing points to actual like Satanism at all. It's just it's paganism. Well, okay, so here I hate to spoil this for you. For the, for a lot of these videos, it's the same thing. Oh, I I just I watched the one. So. Yeah, you yeah. This is a, anything yeah. that does not fit this very particular area of Christianity well, yeah, that they yep. have put themselves in is satanic. Well, yeah, yeah, and the, um, and that's the part that we need to get into also, because um, well, it's just like we we talked before about well, not on air, but with Christmas, it's another holiday that was taken over to by by Christians to uh appease their own beliefs. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I guess I have to go back to the Prophecy Club and watch, um, I guess I have to watch more of their stuff. Oh, really? You're going to watch more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I've made a convert? Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, join us after the break where we will try and we'll talk more about the Prophecy Club and, and all that fun stuff. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk, and I'm your host, Hertzy Hertz, in studio here with Jordan. Uh, this is our final segment, unfortunately. But if you're curious about Minnesota Atheist, you can check out the Minnesota Atheist website. We have previous episodes. You can browse articles, book reviews, and peruse the calendar of upcoming events. You can also sign up for the Atheist Weekly email, which can give you links to upcoming events. We have tons of activities going all around the Twin Cities and the outlying suburbs. If you enjoyed the show and all Minnesota Atheist has to offer, consider becoming a Minnesota Atheist member while you're on the website. Membership has some great perks. Check out the hows and whys on the website. You can also sign up for our newsletter because Eric was asking about that. (laughs) Yeah. Atheists have newsletters and Christians apparently have bulletins. I don't know. Tomato, tomato... And now back to the conversation, though, with Jordan and Eric. <laughs> All right, Jordan, you were going to talk more about how the the conversion of Halloween into kind of what we know 
Oh, wait, before we do that, sorry. One thing. The redhead. Oh, yes. If you are looking at the Twitter right now, it is absolutely hilarious. That one picture you showed me was awesome. Oh, yes. Uh, the the atheist twi- Twitter right now has a, a lovely picture of Nicolas Cage from The Wicker Man asking, is there anything scarier than Nick Cage chewing through scenery? <laughs> no. No, there's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, like... I, I was laughing more at the face he was making, but yes. Oh yeah, well it's 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 a classic, yeah, classic face. <laughs> yep. All right, but anyways, you're going to talk about Halloween and kind of some of the stuff that's happened. Yes. Um. But basically, how it became, you know, the Christians kind of took it over. Um. Basically, I guess, I guess from what I remember reading, um, Christianity was still kind of fairly new at this point it didn't have a lot of ground um but they basically saw what um all the pagans were doing and of course they didn't like that because the the whole thing with um the with the spirits coming back um at the end of the harvest well they you know they obviously thought it was demonic possession they thought they were evil demons well the bible actually does state that you should not um talk to that there's actually the whole thing in there, and if you look at some of the, the videos about Ouija boards, they go into that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the Prostate Club video, they talk about the whole Ouija board thing, too. Oh, so, yes. But, um... I love it. <laughs> I believe it was, um... I think it was... I think it was Pope Gregory at the time. Um, he was trying to... He, he knew that, you know, they, were, uh, they weren't going to get all the pagans on board with, like what what they wanted to do for their celebrations um because basically what the pagans would do is you know they, they would worship a tree and pope gregory was like well we can't get them to not worship the tree we just need them to um change how they're worshiping it it's like make this tree for christ instead so that's basically they gradually tried to get them into it and change how the pagans were doing their rituals and obviously there was a little bit of backlash uh, with them or the pagans are like no we're, we're not going to do that oh yeah well uh saint patrick is well known oh yeah because he did a lot of that i mean that's how we got the celtic cross the cross in the circle and yep. you know a lot of that yes. the whole saint patrick's day mm, whiskey i mean um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that, that's <clears throat> that's more or less where um the Christian part of Halloween came from, unfortunately. Well, um, uh, yeah, because they also tried to do this whole thing where basically it was, was uh, all Hallow's Eve, like all... Yes, all, all Saints Day. All Saints Day came, is the day after it's Halloween. It's November, yes. Yes, November 1st. Yeah, yep. I, I grew up Catholic, I remember Yes. It. it was so boring. Yes, it was. Um, <clears throat> but yes, like, you know, the Christian church, the Catholic church or... Christianity, they didn't. They didn't like what was going on, so they had to change it, because obviously, you know, demonic possession or something yeah. like that. Do, do you want me to go off on a tangent about Ouija boards, though? Hey, the, the Prophecy <laughs> Club video talks about Ouija boards a little bit, so. Oh yes. So the whole thing, because that was actually one of the last videos I did, but the whole thing with Ouija boards makes me laugh. Um, specifically, in two thousand eight. And I, oh gosh, I'm hoping I'm not repeating myself and I haven't talked about this before, but in 2008, there was a Parker Brothers Ouija board that was pink and purple and it was really, really girly. And I have a one, I think it's still in my car. I think I haven't brought it in. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so it was a pink and purple Ouija board, definitely made for girls. And there was a huge scare because they actually do think that Ouija boards are like your first step into summoning Satan. Yes. Yes. And it just, the whole, everything about the Ouija board is satanic, which is the part that makes me laugh the hardest. Um, eventually, though, they one of the people decided that they were like, hey, if you use the Ouija board alone, you're going to get all these bad things and I'm like oh you know what I need to do I need to figure out how this works so does any does anyone have any ideas on this you can definitely email us at radio at mnatheist.org tweet at us anything I will I will follow this because I need to know exactly how the alone part works yes because you're not supposed to use alone you're not supposed to use it in a grave guard and you always have to say goodbye those are the three main rules okay Yes. I, I've never used one, so I, I don't know the rules. But I think when they sell Who them... Who makes those rules? I have no idea. But I plan on breaking all of them. But don't they sell oh, them in lose. stores? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it says it's for like ages eight and up or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you can get them anywhere. You can get the, the cheap ones. You have, to be, you have to be 21 to drink alcohol, but you only have to be um, eight years old to summon demons. Well, yeah, I mean, younger, if you think about D&D. I've, seen, I've heard of kids like five years old playing D&D. I suppose. Yeah. So anyways, but the whole thing with the Ouija board... Yes, you're not supposed to play it alone. Now, my big question with this is, what defines alone? If I record myself playing with the Ouija board, is that technically still alone? Hmm. <laughs> I know. Interesting the, question. The hard-hitting questions yes. of atheist talk. Finally a cure to my depression and loneliness. <laughs> Just record myself all the time. <laughs> you're never really alone. Well, see, that's the thing. Because it's like... But anyways, yeah, so... Yeah, the Ouija board history comes actually from ancient China, where they had the talking boards with, like, the yep. things like that. I don't know if I'm just repeating stuff you already know. I feel kind of silly. I, <laughs> I I really don't know a whole lot about Ouija, bo- Ouija oh, boards. So Yeah. It was uh, 1890s that the first patent for it was done in America. Oh. It is the first and potenti- potentially only patent that was done with somebody talking to spirits. That really? actually got him the patent. That got patented. Yep. Because oh, spirit give him authorization? Well they they, they had to demonstrate it because the people didn't believe <laughs> they didn't believe him. And so they had to demonstrate it in the patent office. Oh wow. And of course this is in the eighteen nineties. This isn't Deep in the middle of the Victorian times where everybody was all over. Like everyone was like both super Christian and super into all of this, like talking to the dead and such. Yes. Excuse me. It was absolutely fascinating. I've got a hat I can pull rabbits out that I want to get patented. There you go. (laughs) I don't know. They might have a patent for that already. (laughs) Uh well, I think we are almost done because the clock says 20 seconds, so I will give us our final exit. Thank you for tuning into Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us again next Sunday, which, should, which is going to be another exciting episode. I am super excited for this episode coming up next week. Um, I am proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists, and join us again next week. 